0: You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.
1: The Book of Luke, Chapter 9. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now, Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on. And he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go out and buy food for all this crowd which was about 5,000 men plus women and children. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you, look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they didn't understand what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they didn't grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started among the disciples as to which one of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he is not one of us. Don't stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there didn't welcome him because he was headed for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God.
0: Jesus touches on something that I think is really meaningful to us, really in the day and age that we're in. And he's having this kind of private conversation with his disciples Um, they were praying in private. And so, you know, it was like kind of that intimate moment, you know, and uh, he starts off with this general question and then moves into more, something more specific. And he asks his disciples, so like, what are people saying about me? Like, who do they say I am?
2: Well, then doesn't he say not only who do they say I am, but doesn't he then say, well, and who do you say I am after they kind of give their response? And I think this is a neat, point in Scripture, because up until this point, as Jesus has been traveling along, the disciples are with Him and they're all learning. They're on this discipleship journey with Him. And there's a lot of miracles. There's all these physical miracles that are happening. Jesus is showing up with the disciples in places, and the dead are being raised, and the blind are seeing, and the deaf are hearing, and and, and all these amazing things are happening. And this is right before, uh, not only is Jesus showing them the stuff and teaching them the stuff, but now this conversation deepens. And he's about to have this conversation and bring up for the first time that the cross is coming for me. And this is now what it's going to look like for you. So it's almost like this transitionary period between what I'm showing you, what I'm all about, and, and now I'm leading you into what you're going to do. So who do they say I am? Who have they said I am along the way? And But now who do you say I
1: am? It's a powerful transition, you know, to... to see Jesus, yeah, inviting his disciples now into uh, more than just their following him as a kind of teacher or rabbi, but that what Jesus' ministry is about, what his mission is about, is going to be deeply transformative, Mm -hmm. depending upon their acknowledgement of who he is and what he's done. And I think it also invites the reader into that as well. Like, we're all forced rather to answer this question of, who we say that Jesus is, I think alongside Peter. Uh, And so the hearer of the Gospel of Luke, I think would have also been uh, answering that for themselves based on what they've already heard up to this point. And Jesus knew that they were gonna be met with opposition once that he was crucified and he went away, he knew that they're gonna. So he wanted to know, it was a test for them. What are you gonna say? are you going to be able to take a stand?
0: Mm. Because
1: they could have shirked back. And, you know, sometimes they did shirk away. But he wanted to know when the people are saying things that he's the Messiah, are you going to deny him? Mm. Are you going to stand up? Or what are you going to do? And it was a test. It was a test to say, what will you do when all the persecution and the opposition come? And that's the same thing with us. You know, we have opposition to come. Even Christians believe it's... They've uh, stood up for their faith, even being killed and persecuted, even beheading. So um, that is for us, too, even today.
2: Sure, because yeah. in this, he's saying the cross is coming for me. Yeah. But then then he says, and also Thank you'll you. pick up your cross yeah. and follow me daily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. That's a really good discipleship, though. Like, obviously, Jesus is like the prime example of what a discipler uh, ought to be. But to have those difficult conversations with his disciples and I think about starting with the general question of, like, what is everybody else talking about? Because it is so easy mm-hmm. to say what other people are talking about oh, because yeah. um, it doesn't require anything from me except for, oh, well, I heard this and I heard this and I heard that. And that conversation comes more naturally to us. But then he does take it to that next level. and s- what are, you, Who do you say that I am? And in my life, when I read the scripture, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, clearly he's the Messiah because mm-hmm. we know that because we have the privilege of standing on this side of history, but in the same way in my own life, like, is it easier for me when Jesus comes and says, Heather, what are they saying about me? I'm like, oh, well, this Christian theologian says this, and my, you know, my minister, my officer, my pastor says this, and my dad said this, and he's like, well, what do you say? And maybe, like, if I haven't done my own work, if I haven't, like, searched the scripture for my own self and been in worship and in prayer, what if I don't have my own answer? I only have Beth Moore's answer or Andy Stanley's answer, is that what Jesus is asking for? Is that what he requires of me? Because you're right, Linda, in times of persecution, when when it's all going down, I need to have my own answer that I can stand on. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, Visit Salvation Army God bless you and Merry Christmas.